Welcome to the Captain Paul Watson Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and today I'm joined with Captain uh, Lockie McLean, who is currently on board the Jean-Paul de Joria 2. Lockie, how are you doing? Charlie, it's good to see you again. Yes, we are out here uh, in the middle of the Atlantic, and uh, it's great that we can live stream like this. This is probably a first for us uh, with this new Starlink system. So, um, yeah, fantastic to be able to have a, uh, a good connection and speak, uh, speak with you. Yes. So this is a, a good practice run for us because once the campaign starts, uh, we're hoping to get, you know, up to date, um, you know, updates from you guys and see how the campaign goes. But leading, leading up to that, you've, you all have done a lot of work uh, at the dock in England. Uh, can you describe what it was like to prepare for this crossing of the Atlantic? Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the crew really did uh, a superhuman effort uh, breaking out of England. Uh, when you've had a ship that's been deactivated uh, like this one was um, and having spent, you know, all of COVID in port um, prior to us purchasing it, uh, there were a lot of things that needed tending to from the machinery to hull plating uh, to you know, electronics. Uh, to the paints, you know, the paints on board, uh, the, you know, the coatings, uh, really uh, from the bridge all the way down to the engine room, we really had to go over everything to make sure things were working uh, as they should be. Uh, and this effectively, you know, this this uh, transatlantic crossing is effectively our uh, our shakedown cruise. So it's a bit of a long shakedown cruise, but uh, it is a shakedown cruise nonetheless. And so we're finding out all about the ship. Uh, we're finding out her her little her little tricks and uh, any any little uh, issues that we might need to resolve before campaign. But we were in such a hurry to leave uh, due to the fact that um, you know Havaluer and, and Christian Lawson might start whaling as soon as the first week or second week of June. Uh, that we're still carrying out lots of jobs here at sea. So we're still painting. Uh, the deck crew are still painting the final parts of the camouflage paint. Uh, I've been fixing th some uh, items, uh, electronic items on the bridge here. Uh, engineers are busy. Uh, so constantly things being worked on uh, in anticipation of New York arrival and, in, and uh, obviously the campaign as well. So we're still still furiously at it, but hopefully this calm weather continues. We'll have everything done uh, by the time we get to New York in a couple of days. Right. And so I, I, that was one of my questions that I was going to ask you was, you know, once you get to New York, are there some things? So it sounds like there are going to be a few things that you all need to address uh, with the ship before you set sail for Icelandic waters. Well, uh, yeah, Captain Paul's got some donated uh, jet skis. So we've got to build some cradles for those. Uh, one uh, one uh, rib was donated kind of last minute when we left England, so that uh, is just sitting on tires on the back deck. We've got to build a cradle for that one as well. Uh, we did build a cradle for the big 7.5-meter Humber rib, uh, but the smaller rib uh, still needs a cradle built. So heaps of you know heaps of jobs always on a ship, but especially on a ship that's getting you know getting ready for a big campaign in such a short amount of time. We really started working on the ship. Uh, in all fairness, we started really working hard on the ship in February. Uh, you know, the ship was purchased sort of uh, around November, but uh, uh, it was so cold in England that we couldn't really address a lot of the jobs until the temperatures started thawing out a little bit. So uh, we've had three very, very busy months, February, March, April, and then departure in May uh, for New York. So it's, it's probably the shortest amount of time I've ever spent uh, getting a large vessel of this size 
ready for a campaign uh, and doing a major ocean crossing right away. But uh, she's ready and uh, the crew are ready and we're ready to, uh, to meet uh, Paul in New York and uh, head north to the Greenland and the Iceland seas so, so we can intercept these guys uh, in the Denmark Strait and off the coast of Iceland. That's awesome. So out of curiosity, how does this ship uh, you know, sail as, as opposed to some of the other uh, ships that you've, you've sailed in the past? Well, I made a very similar trip like this on the Steve Irwin. I was captain of the Steve Irwin back in the day uh, and brought her into New York uh, some years ago, probably about a decade ago or a little bit longer than that. Um, and I would say out of all the vessels, uh, including the Sam Simon and some of the other big vessels that I captained over the years, uh, this is my favorite ship. Uh, she's a formidable, formidable ship. She's spacious. Uh, she's fast. She's, uh, the, the layout is very practical. Her engine room is very uh, well thought out. All the systems on board are are really uh, sort of a progression of uh, what the Steve Irwin was, which was also a Scottish fisheries uh, protection ship. But this boat uh, is the next generation after the after the Westra, and uh, and a lot of the uh, a lot of you know a lot of the uh, sort of issues or um, you know sort of uh, idiosyncrasies that that ship had were resolved. And, uh, and this ship, I would say, is the culmination of a sort of British shipbuilding from the 1980s. So it's, it's a fantastic ship. It's effectively a military vessel, uh, very much built for you know, Department of effectively England's MOD or Scottish Fisheries, which is equivalent to, you know, almost like a Navy or Coast Guard. And uh, I would say that of all the ships uh, we've had or I've captained over the over the last 20 years or so, she's my favorite. That's really exciting to hear. Um, that that makes me feel really pumped. I'm sure Paul can't wait to uh, get on the ship himself. He is pumped. I spoke to him today. Uh, we were talking about the arrival, and uh, and Paul's got lots of uh, lots of great uh, ideas. And I know that he's I know that he's really excited to get on board. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> I know that his brains his brains working. I know that his brains working. Uh, you know, in anticipation of the ship getting getting there. He's he's asking me all kinds of questions today. So. Uh, so yeah, I think he is. It sounds like he is pretty excited to see the ship uh, after after these past months where we've been chatting a little bit online, you know, a little bit on on calls like this one, uh, you know, where we've been discussing uh, the ship and what's happening. But I think uh, it'll be great to have him on board in person. Yeah, for sure. So given given the short time frame that you all had to get everything going and underway, how is the crew holding up? How's the spirit of everybody on the on the ship? Well, the reason I had to uh, couldn't talk to you earlier is we're actually having our mid-Atlantic party right now downstairs uh, in the in the uh, officers what do we call the officers' lounge. So this ship has two lounges. It's got a an officers' lounge uh, on the middle deck, and then there's another lounge on the lower deck. But uh, uh, right now there is a, a mid-Atlantic under the sea uh, kind of party going on uh, down below for just an hour uh, before everyone's got to go back on watch. But uh, yeah, we're across the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. Uh, we've got 22 crew on, on the ship at the moment. Um, and they really came together uh, and have been working so hard over these last few months. Uh, these, these are volunteers from, I think, about 12 countries. Um, uh, we've got people from Mexico, Spain, uh, um, Germany, uh, the UK, uh, six British crew members, US. France, uh, so we have even uh, even Syria. We we've got a crew from Lebanon actually as well. So we've got you know we've got people from all over the place on this boat at the moment, uh, and uh, they've been working their little hearts out. It's been uh, it's been really amazing what they've been able to do in, in a short amount of time. We've literally painted the entire ship. Uh, we've overhauled the engine. Uh, it's just been so much work happening, and it's uh, something that you can't really do 
you know, in the commercial world, uh, a crew really wouldn't have been able to do all this stuff in the, in the amount of time that we did it here. But because we have a mission, uh, we have one goal, and, and everybody's sort of pumped about Iceland, uh, they just worked so hard to, uh, to get us out of, out of England and across the Atlantic here. That's, that's great. I'm so happy that everybody's got high spirits and everybody's working so hard. So when, when you guys get to New York, there's going to be a ship dedication uh, and I know we're not exactly sure about where um, exactly what dock it's going to take place at, but do you do you know what day uh, the ship dedication is going to be? Uh, June second, okay. and uh, it should be uh, in Manhattan somewhere. We're looking at locking in uh, a pier uh, on the Hudson, but uh, I think that that is uh, being worked out by our agents there in New York at the moment, but. Uh, Obviously, as that as that information comes out, it'll be uh, it'll be posted across the, the proper channels. Uh, but yeah, that should be exciting. John Paul DeJoria, the ship's namesake uh, and sponsor benefactor, will be will be joining the ship with his lovely wife Eloise, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure it'll be a great day. Um, you know, years ago he dedicated another ship uh, of the same name, and it'll be this is a, this is a much cooler ship. So uh, <laughs> I, I hope I hope you'll be ha- I hope you'll be happy with it and and all the work that the crew have been doing. No, I'm sure I'm sure he will be. But yeah, it, and like you said, as we know more and we can tell people more about it, we'll uh, we'll certainly post that in the proper social media channels. But if you're in the New York area, and if we are able to have folks, um, you know, show up, uh, we never know with security issues and things like that at certain docks. But if we can uh, cross all that red tape, uh, then we'll certainly let folks know in case they are interested in stopping by and saying hi and wishing the crew well on this uh, important mission that they're getting ready to embark on. So, um, Lockie, I also wanted to ask you if there's been, if you've heard any uh, rumblings out of uh, Iceland uh, with Christian Lofsen, is there any intel coming out of there that you're hearing or are we just... You know, it's it's basically the whale season for him is getting ready to start, and we're just trying to get there as soon as we can. Well, you know, the the ministry, the uh, fisheries, the fisheries minister had the opportunity to uh, make make a move, make a decision uh, after all these damning reports came out. You know, we've got this report from the uh, uh, Icelandic Food and Veterinary Authority, uh, which came out very, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks. Um, and published this this very damning report, uh, which outlined how long it takes for the whales to die, uh, some lasting up to two hours uh, in agonizing death, coming up for air and getting shot in the head, you know, harpooned in the head when they come up for a breath. After four harpoons, they're still not dead. So the, the fisheries ministry has had all this information at hand and certainly had the opportunity to uh, make a decision. However, she seems to be saying that uh, nothing can be done for this season you know, the decision's already been made to allow the uh, the hunt to go ahead, uh, but she is considering, you know, halting um, the season next year. However, that doesn't really help the 169 fin whales uh, that are on the chopping block, uh, you know, on Loftson's chopping block for this summer. So it is, it is imperative that we get there soon uh, and that we get this ship up to Iceland, uh, you know, within the first week of June, if possible, as soon as we leave, you know, as soon as we get everything squared away in New York, uh, get up there as fast as we can in order to, uh, to stop, uh, stop the killing, uh, you know, early on. No, absolutely. So, and, and I'll say this to all of our supporters is that, you know, if, if you can support us, uh, in this mission, 
with Operation PyCon, now would be the time because, uh, as Lockie said, there's still work to be done on the ship. Uh, when they're in New York, they're still going to be looking for resources and such. So if you would like to help uh, the fin whales, um, please do uh, consider uh, becoming a monthly donor or making a one-time donation because that, you know, all these resources are going into this campaign to try to help fin whales and to try to stop uh, the whale hunt. So please do consider that if you're listening to this um, and it's before the whale hunt or even after, I mean, this is sort of our mission. So uh, all those resources matter and they all help. And to all the folks that have donated different things, I know Lockie, you mentioned some sea were donated, uh, rib, you know, all these resources uh, help Lockie and the crew do their job um, as best they can. And so with without supporters like you and and certainly Jean-Paul DeJoria and his family, uh, you know, this isn't possible. So we greatly appreciate it. Lockie, I guess I'll um, I'll leave you with this. Um, I wanted to ask you if you if you did have anything that you wanted the supporters uh, to know Um Prior to heading into Operation PyCon, uh, anything folks should be aware of. Um, I, I am letting people know that once we get into the campaign, I will be, uh, we will be speaking, uh, hopefully during the campaign and getting, um, you know, weekly updates about what's going on, and maybe even daily if if things are really cracking and if um, you know we have the opportunity to connect. But is there anything I guess prior to the uh, Operation PyCon you'd like for people to know? Well, uh, Charlie, yeah, just thanks from uh, on behalf of myself, all the crew here on board, uh, the JPD that have been on board for the last few months getting us ready. There's, you know, they're sort of the uh, behind the scenes, all these behind the scenes people here that have made this possible from the, uh, the supporters to the uh, volunteers who are working on the ship. But uh, certainly thanks to everyone for, for helping us out and making this, uh, this crossing possible. Um, and uh, stay tuned, you know, stay tuned on the website, stay tuned across the social media channels. We've got, we're very lucky this year. I think it's uh, uh, probably the first time we'll be able to just sort of have real time posting, uh, you know, at sea from the ship uh, during campaign uh, and live streaming. So, uh, you know, that used to be, you know, totally uh, inaffordable. That was, you know, back in the day, the, the, the internet bills were outrageous. We couldn't really uh, do this kind of thing. Uh, so nowadays we can be, we can be out there. Uh, and speaking to yourself on podcasts such as this one, uh, as well as doing other interviews and keeping the supporters uh, up to speed with, with how things are going. So I think uh, it'll, be, it'll be a way to stay engaged uh, on board by uh, checking our socials and, uh, and asking, you know, feel free to ask questions on Paul DeJoria's page uh, if you've got any questions and we'll, uh, we'll try to answer them from on board the ship. Wonderful. So, Lockie, next time we talk, you will be uh, actively saving fin whales. So I'm going to wish you smooth sailing and, uh, you know, safe trip to New York and, uh, you know, wish the crew well. And next time we talk, you'll be uh, heading to Iceland to hopefully uh, save some whales. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's All right. That sounds good, Lockie. Thanks so much. Take care. Take care. All right. See ya. I want to thank Lockie for joining me today and giving us an update as the Jean-Paul de Joria crosses the Atlantic Ocean uh, and heads to New York. Uh, it's a very exciting time. I'm really looking forward to catching up with Lockie and the crew uh, once they set sail uh, for Operation PyCon, which is uh, coming up in a few weeks. So really looking forward to that, and I'm uh, excited to be able to bring some of that information to our listeners who are 
uh, really interested to know what's going on um, in this effort to protect endangered fin whales. I wanted to mention that if you would like to support Operation Piacon, and we, and we do need your support, uh, a great way to go about it would be um, to help through this Chart Your Course uh, fundraiser. And this Chart Your Course fundraiser is a unique opportunity. Uh, if you have the ability to donate over $1,000, uh, as a thank you, you will receive an Admiralty nautical chart, and the chart is of the waters between Iceland and Greenland. Each chart will be a unique work of art, and it's going to contain the ship's daily position while it's at sea, notations of the campaign, a small poem handwritten by Captain Paul Watson, signatures by the artist and by Captain Paul Watson with official stamps and embossed seals, and then, uh, importantly, there's going to be original artwork by Swiss artist Simone Eisenbeis. And Simone, if I have mispronounced your last name, I sincerely apologize. Uh, but Simone is a fantastic artist. And if you are signed up for our newsletter and you, you have recently received the Chart Your Course uh, newsletter, if you scroll down at the bottom, you can see an octopus uh, that she's done and also some whales. And each chart's going to be unique. So she's going to um, do something different for each one. And so you'll know that you'll have some original artwork by this fantastic artist. So it is a, a fantastic thing. Um, and to qualify for that, you do need to donate over $1,000. Um, now, if you donate over $2,000, you will get the chart with everything I've described previously, but you will also get uh, your name engraved on a brass plaque that will be in the wheelhouse of the Jean-Paul de Joria II. So if you'd like your name uh, in the wheelhouse while the ship is um, on campaign trying to save whales, uh, that is a great opportunity to do that. And again, that comes with a $2,000 donation. So if you're listening to this podcast, and, and right now it's uh, May 24th, so if you're somewhere in the vicinity of Operation Piacon, and the year 2023, and you'd like to help out and qualify for this um, Chart Your Course fundraiser, please do consider uh, making a donation. And, and look, um, we all can't certainly donate uh, $1,000, uh, but if you could become a monthly, uh, a monthly um, supporter, and even if it's only $5 a month or $10, whatever you might be able to afford, every little bit counts. Uh, obviously, operating these ships on the on the ocean um, is a, a major expense, but it's one that is warranted as we watch the ecosystems and animals in it um, perish to people like Mr. Lofson, who uh, continue to hunt whales and destroy our environment. So, look, it's money well spent. We need to save every last organism we can on this earth. Biodiversity is what makes the earth work. And if we start to lose biodiversity, then the wheels are going to start to uh, come off the wagon, as, as they say. So um, I just want to make everybody aware of that um, fundraiser. If you can, you can, you can find out more on our website. Um, just, you know, please support in any way you can. And like I said, I'm really excited about future episodes of the podcast as we get to uh, touch base with Lockie and other members of the crew while they're on campaign. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and fantastic, and hopefully it's going to be good news about us being able to 
uh, save Wales uh, from a, a grisly, uh, brutal, horrible death. So thanks, everybody, for uh, listening and uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you all uh, in the coming weeks. Thanks so much. If the oceans die, we die.